down, and that'll take us to the two-minute warning. Look in that direction. Rodgers batted up at the line. Diving attempt for the pick, and it's incomplete. Tay Crowder almost got that one on the dive. And it brings up fourth and two. There's a signal right there. That shoulder tap. You ready for Lazard? Ball batted again. Incomplete. The Giants hold the Packers out of the end zone. 102 to go. They get their first fourth down stop of the season. The biggest for Brian Dable and the Giants. Cool. Yeah. I, like, how much do you care? Like, I don't know. I think I'll care once the season starts because the the once the season starts, it becomes kind of just a fun thing to follow. But like, how much can you really care? Like, does anybody care about the preseason? People are already mad, or it's like if George Hill hits two shots, then it's like, well, maybe you can be good this year. And it's like, what does that mean? That doesn't like, or or like I guess Nora had like a good quarter or something, and like I, I just I cannot care until at least we're counting the stats. Uh, I, I guess like everything seems for the most part from what I have watched status quo, if you're going to, you know, analyze anything, it's probably Bochamp. Uh, wish the guy all the best in the world, but uh, <laughs> uh, he, he barely seems like a basketball. Like literally, he's a uh, Padawan Thanasis to me. <laughs> I, I see, I see, um, so far, all I see is Bond Maker. Um, I mean, you know, not gangly. I mean, he does catch his catch passes. Don Maker had probably some of the smallest hands for as tall as he was. But um, I just see a lot of unbridled activity. But he seems to – I mean, Thon didn't understand basketball when he first got here. But I guess if I can compare it to somebody, I, I would say that's a good comparison. Um, the Nasses, just that fr- phrenic energy, you know. Um, I, but I think if he can understand his shots and I, to tell you the truth, I would rather see him out there defensive wise than, than Wara. Wara is trying hard, but I just don't think he understands NBA level defense. Yeah. Can we prove that Wara has ADD? Because he just seems to be drifting, like, consciously. Like, I, I know exactly what you mean. It's not that he's not even necessarily trying. It's just that, oh, man, it's like watching the Pink Panther. <laughs> I mean, he, he's had some good blocks. He's had some good series. I think I don't even think that the defense is the biggest issue right now. He just makes some poor offensive decisions. If, if he isn't just shooting, um, look out. But I think he he's putting forth a lot of effort on on offense. I mean, on defense. So I'm I'm not gonna I'm gonna give him a little bit of time to learn. He seems like he really is putting forth a concerted effort to learn, but he still makes some really boneheaded decisions. And when he's out there, he thinks that he's just out there to shoot. I gotta shoot it. I gotta shoot it as soon as I can. And then he his passes are almost a bailout attempt. Like I got no shot, and let me just throw it. And it often winds up in a turnover. Well, it's funny. That's what I remember about Thon. Thon yeah. felt, also felt like he was like playing with skates on. He was just like, well, let me just get back to where I'm set so I can shoot. Let me just kind of kind of gather and kind of stumble. But like Thon was catching the ball, he was going to shoot or he was going to wildly flail at the rim. But I, 
I guess I, I feel like I want to be consistent because of Middleton and other kind of stuff. I just I just don't ever think Nora's going to be good. So everything is all gravy to me. Oh, I don't either. I think this is when he's trying hard. I think that's the best you're going to see when he's trying hard on defense. If he drops off on that defensive level, I, he's not, I don't think anybody wants him. Um, I think he, I don't know what was the holdup on what took him so long to sign that, um, that offer sheet. It just seemed like he was waiting for maybe a team to show more interest, but he was with the bucks almost the entire off season. I don't know what took them so long to finally sign him or for him to finally decide to sign because they had the offer extended to him. In fact, they extended the, you know, the extension, but, um, I don't know. I, I got, I, he doesn't excite me. I mean, the biggest excitement, I mean, you guys brought, uh, bull champ. He he's young. I, he reminds me of, of Giannis. We didn't see anything in that, that first year. We seen some, some glimpses. We were excited, but I mean, think about that. We really didn't have much to be excited for. We always were hoping that somebody, one of these draft picks sooner or later would pay off. Um, and we were looking, you know, we actually had pretty, a, a pretty decent team. You know, we had some excitement level for him at least, you know, that wasn't at the year with, uh, Zaza and, um, a lot of those guys, or that was kind of like that second year. I can't remember. My the, brain is the Bulls. The, the 2015 Bulls year was Zaza and Jared and Jerry. Okay. So that was two OJ. years after. Yeah, that was his third year. Yeah. Okay. Side point. Um, cause I'm making this video, but now it, it's going to be done in a month because I just got busy with other stuff and whatever else. And I was, I have this idea, kind of whether you agree with it or not, that the greatest athletes have always been in the NBA through the years which I think is probably just obvious. And so there's kind of one idea that like really when people talk about bigger, faster, stronger, they're really talking about the four or five guys who were incredible athletes and tall, which would be basically LeBron, Wilt. I'm going to forget somebody now. It'd basically be LeBron. Carl Wilt. Malone? Where are you going? No, I mean like LeBron. I mean like when people say bigger, faster, stronger – there's this idea that like McGrady or Paul George counts, but really what they mean is Shaq, Wilt, and LeBron, people who are that fast and that tall. And my question for you, even if you accept the premise or not, because actually we got one question. We got a couple questions from like two weeks ago. Uh, Limps, at Limps Talking Pack, at It's Just Chris Now, at Bag of Donuts. If you were able to watch, what were your thoughts on Webanyama? I was pretty blown away watching him. So... My question to the first part, though, for you guys, do you think, because Kendrick mentioned the plastic man kind of way Giannis looked those first couple of years. There's no way Giannis would have been in that class the first couple of years. He was doing like, oh, that's really cool how he's Mr. Fantastic and he stretches around to dunk. Sometimes he would dunk without hardly jumping. He was doing like Ralph Sampson kind of stuff. Like it was impressive, but it wasn't like nobody was saying no one was comparing him to LeBron. No. And so, but now he. I don't think they are now, are they? Well, but like, I will, I do have to give it up, although sometimes I like kind of rip the way people talk about him in a stupid way, but he does take off from the dotted line and stretch. Like he did make himself like this incredible athlete. It's just, that wasn't really there in 2014 to compare him to Wilt. Like it is kind of now. I agree. But But you know what I'm saying? 
I think he was trying to find himself and it really wasn't until kid got there that we seen him really loosen up and become, you know, what we see him develop into today. Those first couple years, um, actually kid got there his second year, right? So, or was it his, no kid was there. When did they fire uh do without in a press conference? They let do go the old Atlanta coach, but that was the Jabari draft, right? Was that Jabari? Like they did the Jabari draft, and then uh, I can see his face. Yeah, he was like coach of the year, and then they fired. Yeah, him. coach. He was another hawk, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I I get what you're saying. Um, what's the kid's name? Wayamba. I I can't pronounce it. I've never even tried to say it out loud. We're just gonna kind of roll it until we get it. I think it's Web and Yama, but it's something. Web and like, Yama. But you know, it, if I Web Ban Yama. Phonetically, I don't know if that's the correct spelling, but it's web like no, no, it's when I said it wrong. It's whim, yeah, yeah, whim, banyama. Okay, let's edit all this out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like him. I see, I, I mean, somebody posted on Twitter, uh, some Ramps Ralph Sampson comparison, and that, that's exactly what I see in him. Um, it, it immediately brought me back to, you know, 10, 12 years old watching that cat play. But, I mean, you got to make it to the league. You got to get there healthy and you got to be able to show it. I mean, that all this pre-hype, I mean, it's exciting. He He's doing some incredible stuff. He's doing Giannis-like incredible things. At that height, having that ability to run the floor, uh, take it from coast to coast, it's, it's amazing what he is able to do. I mean, if he is able to maintain that, he he's he is going to be the best player in the league. Larry Drew, Larry Drew, yeah. my man, dog him out. I had to look it up. Yeah. Um, but Jay, did you see those highlights? Of Webanyama? Yeah. Yeah, I did. So is he drafted though? Like I thought, I didn't know what I was. That's, watching. that's Man, next. I'm that's like, next year. Is next year? I think you're oh, yeah. eligible next year. Maybe. Yeah. So that's all the talk is like the the tanking is all already started before the season even began to try to get them. But um, but you can't tank anymore, right? So you just got to tank the like the playing game <laughs> at the ten spot. Like there's no tank anymore, right? It's all. Yeah, the lottery kind of took care of a lot of that, but I mean, those guys are still top ten. I mean, you got a shot. You know, so we're going to keep this to an hour, but I really, okay. want, I really want you to tell me the hole in this. Cause I, I, I let me clear out for a minute. I, I, this, I don't think I've said this take on the pod yet. And maybe I was going to put this in a podcast, but it'll be a year from now. Cause I did. It's far in the distant future. Why exactly? If I could change one thing about the NBA almost first would be, you cannot have any draft protections and, and there is a complete ping pong lottery. Like this isn't the days, this isn't a fledgling, fledgling league where we, there's a spirit of St. Louis playing the Pacers and we got to make sure it's fair because these teams might fold and everything. I don't, there's absolutely no reason for any sports league to incentivize losing any game. I don't care if it's game 74 against the Pacers on a Tuesday. You should feel like now if they want to rest players for rest, that's a whole other conversation. But you, there should be no one. You should never be like my team should lose. I hope my team loses. And I think what that would do is in so so check so check it out. So everybody has thirty. This uh, this is the NFL is thirty two teams. NBA is thirty. I think right. Yep. So you have so you have thirty. So every year, 
You can trade them. But you can't say, hey, it's top five protected, top ten protected, anything. You're trading them. You're trading a one in 30 chance for any. It's a complete randomizer, right? And so what that does. So every year. Well, let me just explain this in my head. Every year you have one first round ball, one second round ball. Okay, so you could you, you could end up with with the 30th pick and the 60th pick or you could end up with the first pick and, or, and, and the 31st pick. But because of that. There's absolutely no reason for Dame Lillard actually ever to leave Portland because it's just now completely random, right? So so no one's tanking. So so you can enjoy like the Brewers. Like I couldn't tell you. Like I understand that the, like you guys are in the street. So it's like the Brewers. I just want to go to a Brewers game and watch a game, right? Like mm-hmm. I hope I hope you guys tell me they're playing well. But I didn't. I haven't watched a single inning of Brewers baseball all year. No, you I know, didn't up, this year. This was my first year. But I enjoy going to the games. What I found out in Greenville is I can also watch this double A affiliate and, and the beer is still cold and the hot dog's still good. And, you know, it's, it's like it's the exact same thing, right? And I'm right. like, oh, the sun is shining. This is kind of great. Right? right. So you don't ever incentivize losing. And you still get to watch the young guys play, but there's no feeling that, hey, they're just putting in the young guys so they lose. You can keep the PJ Tucker guys around a little bit longer because you're gonna need tough guys to win. Like that's the other thing. When COVID happened, right? And we all kind of knew this, but like COVID happened and then we found out that actually Greg Monroe and all those guys are still NBA level players. They just don't want to pay them or they're too old or they want to play a, a style of play that isn't. But like, it's not like 500 people can play in the league, actually like 1500 or whatever the number is, like actually 2000 people can play in the NBA, right? Which is why those dudes go back and forth to Europe. So we got kind of sold this bill of goods to keep the price down on everybody, but the top players that like, oh, you know back to Middleton, back to any of these guys that like there's this elite. Yes, there's a, this elite class of guys, but really it's just like economics. And so if you take that away and now it's like, okay, so the Bucks, like whatever, like hard on their luck team. And there's none of this Danny Ainge stuff either where it's just like, or, or, or uh, Presti, where we're just going to lose for 10 years and we're going to get every draft pick. I mean, you can still do that. You can still get other teams ping pong balls. So you can still trade your ping pong ball for, you know, the player du jour this year for, for Donovan Mitchell or whoever is going up, but it has like a fixed value and you can only do so much with that. So where's the hole in this idea? I got, that? I, I got so, plenty of holes. <laughs> I, I, go ahead, Jay. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think the logic from a human standpoint is wrong. What I would say is with no value, crappy teams are, will be crappy forever. The value now comes from the marketing of the city after you come out of your contract, because what you've actually undervalued is crappy teams. Crappy teams have value for being crappy because now they can trade for either a commodity that has value or the prospect over years. Now, like take the, the pick that just I think went for hard when they people have been giving up like three first rounders. Yeah. So we can already say mm-hmm. it's already kind of devalued back from what the 90s. You would never think of giving up three first round picks. Right. So it's already devalued to a certain point as it is. But the second you say all these crappy teams are just have just as good a chance of getting a good player as the teams that are in major markets where players already want to go, systematically, you have kind of picked from the point you start that process, you've kind of picked which teams will probably be great from here to eternity without someone getting a Giannis and then people wanting to go there. I guess that doesn't change too much from what we already kind of see. But I, I think the only thing it solves is for very small market teams, if I am a father taking my son to his first couple games, we are just going there purely rooting for our team. 
and you don't start getting this stuff where you're actually rooting for your team to lose. If you're at the game, you're either there because you're trying to just enjoy some entertainment or you're rooting for your team or, or you know, the good team is in town. But um, that, that's probably the biggest issue with it. Go ahead, Kendrick. I, 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 I appreciate what you're saying. We shouldn't be incentivizing uh, crappy or poorly run teams. I mean, look how bad the Cleveland Browns were forever. Uh, I mean, even look at us, you know, a 50-year drought. But, I mean, but we were in the playoffs in the t- you know a couple years since then, so we haven't been awful. But we wouldn't have a Giannis if we totally got rid of that system. I they want to do this in game tournament. Oh, and another thing I was going to say: nobody wants to see a uh, 82 game season of the Globetrotters versus the Generals. You know, you don't want to see a really good team just blowing out teams every night. Those those games don't sell well at all. So I would. If I were to do it, I would set up tournaments to to get that top draft pick. You know, they all they're trying to do these uh, in season playoffs or whatever. Like, I don't really care about those. It, you know, it, it, but if they had my bad team, if Milwaukee, I would I would pay attention to that. If they would really meant that it could boost their chances or give them a few more balls in the uh, ping pong ball toss up. I would watch something like that. So I would incentivize it, but I, you know, without totally rewarding, you know, a tanking team, like you got to play, you know, at least a three game series, you know, versus to get that, you know, a few more balls, but no one should be given a number one ball for being the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd so, be interesting to see how that would play out though. Cause like so, if I'm a player, I'm six off the bench and I'm playing in a tournament to draft my replacement, <laughs> I'm probably throwing that anyway. Hey, right. then you then you play better all year round. So you're not yeah. that yeah. worst guy, you know. Right. I, I don't ain't know. never going to play hard so, in that game. So like, I just I, I, I just it. now I just now put it in a random number generator and did it alphabetically. And Webanyama is going to the Nuggets with Jokic, and that's far better than, than just just randomly like the, the number one. And it's just it'd be completely random every year. You'd be like, okay, we could. Every year, and of course, they should do it in reverse order. So you're like it, the anticipation builds. So there's only there's only six balls left, and the Bucks are still in the hopper. Like I just think that'd be, I just think generally, you're charging all this money. There's already going to be players sitting. You should think really the the level, the average, the, not the average, the median level. Like every team should be generally be able to win thirty games if everybody's playing hard. You get more kind of physical players, and you just be like, well, I like my guys. They're not that good, but maybe they'll beat the Lakers when they come in town. And because we got Giannis at 15. So is there still going to be the foreign randomness? There's still going to be the people from college who don't pan out. There's still going to be injuries. There's going to be all that. Just a thought. But no one's ever agreed with me on it. Um, somebody, I, asked, agree, I agree with parts of it, but not not all. Uh, of it. I, but I do agree with parts of it. We shouldn't be rewarding teams. We shouldn't reward tanking. I mean, what Presti did, that's, that's disgusting. And, and who was uh Philly's coach? They did that too. You know, the process, the process, Yeah. You know, they tank for a long time, trying to get another pick, trying to get another pick, trying to get another pick. And, you know, I don't think we should incentivize that. And they I, produced a team full of losers. They produced at like, dude, at, like, I don't I, believe in it. Obviously you don't believe in any of that karma stuff, but they produced at best the baby MB. They produced Ben Simmons. They had uh, the one guy who also I think was kind of left-handed. Who's the number one? Foltz. Yeah, Foltz, yeah. Foltz, Foltz, Mark, Mark Fels, Foltz or something like we that. Got, we got fed a, a bill of goods on Sarich for all this year's. Like Sarich was going to be Dirk Nowitzki. Like, 
screw the Sixers, man. Like, yeah. yeah, it's all those little things when you're also watching the NBA. You just you're, you're wishing for our other teams to do terrible, you know. So right. I think that's why I look forward to the regular season too. I want to give this some thought, but that's not very good a podcast. Maybe if you would text me earlier. I think there's a way to do this, and I think you like let's say. <laughs> You can get like three more uh, ping pong balls, or you can use those to tamper early. <laughs> to tamper early, they already tampered. They don't even pay attention to it. But, but I, see, I guess for the Bucks, that would come in handy then. But here, here's what happens: like, so other than the Bucks, which I still really enjoy watching the Bucks because I, I, when they're on, I mean, I, I don't think they're. I still don't think they're great at playing basketball as a team, or sometimes individually, even the championship season they weren't. But like, I, I'm still like a kid, mostly watching the Bucks. Like I'm. I'm happy when they do well, like I just am. Yeah. But generally speaking, if you listen to other podcasts, you just listen to general NBA stuff, they'll be like, oh, that game had a great finish. But it's just not like these are all these great games, you know, because it's like you never know who's playing hard. You never know what incentive there is for anybody. It's just kind of like, hey, over the course of time, can we win two out of three games? Can we keep winning two out of three games or two out of five games if you're not that good? Can we just kind of keep chugging along? And it's not like like baseball, like somehow there's 162 games in baseball and you guys are furious if the closer blows the lead in one single game. Whereas the NBA yeah. is just like, Oh, well, you know, they weren't really trying and it, and it, 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 we got some bad foul calls. So it's just over. I just, it's just an idea. Um, mm-hmm. did either of you. So Andy, Andy Vlick at Andy Vic, uh, not Vlick, Andy Vic thoughts on the redeem team. And he says, I didn't watch it, but he says between Kobe and LeBron, there was clearly only one alpha, despite the commentary in the doc. I did hear somebody saying that LeBron edited out him, like, tricking off a shot in practice or something. But, like, whatever. Like, <laughs> uh, And he also said Michael Red was so pumped to win gold. But I didn't watch it. I guess it's on Netflix. No? No one no one saw it? I, I was I not seen, aware of this. i seen it. It's pretty good. Okay, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's TVMA, so there's some language in there. But, um, you know what NBA player they let him speak freely but it was interesting to see um the young players because I forgot I didn't I mean I didn't forget about it but I forgot about the dynamic of that team how they had lost the previous year and they decided to recruit Kobe you know it it almost seemed like a a little bit of a, a little Kobe tribute too which is fine you know whatever uh guy died tragically and he was a very focused determined individual i i don't think i really realized i didn't pay attention that much to him but how much of a loner he was you know and uh just really focused on getting the job done how much lebron who was i think not a rookie i think it was his second year or something how much he looked up to him you know i don't know what year it was for lebron but he was a younger younger guy in he was the probably league. like six because if it was 08 then it, he would have been around yeah because he lost the f- they lost the first time around with uh carmelo and a couple guys and they, they, a yeah. Yeah. carmelo was like i don't know i asked him he i didn't get to play you know so they really kind of hated uh we're hating on uh i think it might have been uh brown um was a coach and um it, it was it was good i i really enjoyed it. it was it was entertaining um you got a lot of commentary for guys that you didn't see you got a little bit of the behind the scenes show how they can't to come together kobe ran into gasol on the first play of the first game when they played Spain, I mean, just you can hear it. You can hear it on the recording. Just laid him out, and he was just like, "Oh man, I guess 
this is for real. He's not, he's not my teammate right now. You know, he did that on purpose. He told them I'm going to do it. And they were like, no way. But, um, Chris Bosch was hilarious in there too. Just his facial expressions and stuff. It was, it was entertaining, but yeah, Kobe was the alpha male out of that whole thing. He set the scene. He set the tone. You know, these guys are out partying Kobe getting up at, and when they coming home from the club, five, five o'clock in the morning, Kobe's going downstairs to the gym. They're just getting home. You know, he really, and then eventually all of them fell in line and started following suit, you know, so just, it, it felt like a more of a Kobe tribute kind of hidden mm. under the veil of getting back the goal for, for us, you know? So the, the actual answer <laughs> to why, no, no, no. To why Web and Yama is, is, is good for us. Cause obviously again, obviously we want Giannis to have a bag. Giannis doesn't have a bag like that. Like, like, so whenever you see somebody who can actually do that, like, it's like, yeah, no, duh. I can, it's like Durant or anybody else. It's like, yeah, I can imagine a lot. Right. Like they're incredible. Play- like, I think there's, there's kind of a nerd thing where every time, like if you see Durant do a crossover and hit an 18 footer and nobody can possibly block it, like that is like super impressive, but because it's unstoppable, people think like there's a lot of unstoppable moves in the NBA. Now this Web and Yama thing does look like something else, but but Kendrick said this about Kobe, which made me think like he's already looking up to Giannis, right? So it'd be really cool if if like the guy who's truly next, in a way that Giannis had to build towards, like a guy who's truly next comes up and then becomes like a late career foil for Giannis, and maybe Giannis gets him one more time on his way up. And like again, it's like the Kobe thing that builds everybody's legend. You know, having somebody great come up and be like, oh, I just love because, you know, Giannis always says all the right stuff about everybody. It's like so if this guy's like, oh, I wanted to be just like Giannis. That like improves our standing in the kind of whole thing of it. And, I, you know, that's that's also I mean, because, again, like I don't say like it's great for Kobe's brand that Kobe died. It's obviously it's not. But like now, like like Kobe has a Teflon reputation among all these guys now. And and it, like it just I don't know. it It's. That's not how people were talking about him six months before that helicopter crash. People were like, what is this dude doing with this girl's basketball team? He's like a psycho coach on his girl's team. And all like people were like Kobe was about to like. I think he was pretty smart, but I do think he was going to kind of stumble off into Brett Favre territory a little bit where it's like every every month it was going to be Kobe does something else crazy. And I think it's it's sad that he's gone. But now he just gets it's the, it's the, actually the definition of a legend. Now he just gets to be the legend of Kobe Bryant. Yeah. It was, like I say, it was entertaining. It was, it was fun to see all the different players, players you forgot. And Michael red was, (laughs) he reminded me a little bit of Thanasis on the sidelines. You know, he didn't get a lot of playing time. I I don't know if we, I remember that we like, like you hardly ever played, but you know, not to take anything away from him, but he didn't get a whole lot of minutes during that whole run, but he was, you, you could see the hype when they were winning. Um, so Kendrick, have you ever been sucker punched? Um, no, no, I don't think I've ever been. What is a sucker punch? Cause that was the other thing. People were like, I don't think he was sucker punch. I mean, like a sucker punch to me is like, you get punched in the side. You never even see the cat. Like you ain't even did nothing. You, or you said some stuff. And next thing you know, you're getting punched in the side of your head or in the back of your head. You know, if you square up with a dude, you see him. You, you, I mean, anytime you might get punched. I mean, 
<laughs> so <laughs> but that's the definition of the sucker punch. And anytime you could be punched, like, <laughs> it's true. But I'm saying, I'm saying a sucker punch. Oh man, a sucker punch is you didn't turn and walked away. This podcast brought to you by Tequila. A sucker punch is do hear you talking about about you, and you go up and hit him in the back of the head. You know, I, you know what I mean. Like you push a dude, it's on. You might have to fight. I think Draymond was completely wrong, 1,000, 1,000, 1,000%. I mean, yo, 32-year-old, but that's old man age in the NBA, you know, picking on his kid, and that's a kid, you know, relatively speaking. I mean, he can go to war so he can get knocked out, but I, I it, it was it was not a sucker punch, but, you know, Poole probably – I mean, I bet you Poole was ribbing him to death, and he just couldn't take it no more. That's also why I think Draymond was wrong, you know, like – Come on, man. You better develop a sense of humor about yourself. You just gave us like 30 sound bites in that, which is why I asked, <laughs> this is why I asked that like that. Um, uh, um, it, I don't know. Any, Jay, any Draymond thoughts? Or, it, Kendrick kind of Give me off. one second because I'm actively watching the video. Y'all made me cue it up. You got to see it. I, I just don't know how. What's going to happen? Are they going to give Draymond another contract? Is he? It's not a contract year for him. I think he's up at the end of this year. Or wait a minute, I, what did I forget? Uh, uh, yes, yeah, still sucker punch, but not as egregious. I only watched this on my phone last time I watched it. What's a sucker punch but, to you then? Okay, it's, but then a sucker punch is any punch where you, you do, both guys aren't engaging in battle. Literally, he gave him his cheek and he took it. <laughs> So right. you can put that on pool um, for, for thinking he won't do it. But literally, a punch that someone gives you to their face because they don't think you're necessarily fighting it is a sucker punch. No, see, Draymond goes up to him. You go up to any man like that, you tell him. You, that, that body language is telling that dude, I'm about to knock you out. So pool, if he don't want none, his best option is to just turn and walk away. By pushing him, he gave him, I mean, not giving him permission, but it was just like you gave him what he wanted to punch you. If I'm pool, I know that do if I if I push him, we I'm gonna have to fight after this. I can't just push mm-hmm. him and think that's gonna he's gonna be like, oh, okay, he pushed me away. Like, no, like you push the start button. It's just like remember, I mean, we don't well, nobody he didn't, he didn't push it like watching the tape back. Yeah. Draymond is walking him over him. He is wa- pushing him back with his body before exactly. he pushes him with his hand. Exactly. So Poole has to know this dude is going to knock me out. He wants a reason to hit me. Mm-hmm. So Poole should have protected himself. So, okay. It's not a sucker punch. Speech. Has anything else come out about why this kicked off yet in the media? Because I've only seen the punch. I've only seen rumors. I, I don't know. They said he was ribbing him, talking about his free throws, talking about how much money he's going to be making, talking about Draymond's going to be playing for for the Kings next year. I mean, just just I, that's all I've heard. He was just ribbing him. Um, right, people said he was getting annoying, talking about all the money he was about to make. Team was getting a little annoyed by it, you know. So, but that's all rumor. I, I have no idea. Okay, so Draymond can't say, like, literally, uh, let's just take what you said as being exactly what happened, even though it's probably not the case. But let's let's assume that's what happened. Hmm. 
when is Draymond not annoying? And I kind of like the guy, but I know most people must hate him, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. if it's about Jordan Poole being annoying, like literally what? That's his stick? Is this uh, – he's stealing his brand? Like <laughs> – I think, he, I think he's talk a mile a minute guy. I think he's talk, never stop talking, annoying guy is what they said. I didn't notice this on the court, but that's what they say. Pool, even when he was like coming out of the D League or the G League or whatever, was like never stop talking guy. And maybe Draymond in his way felt like he took him under his wing or whatever, but that's. Was this orchestrated? Not, not, when I say orchestrated, I don't mean it's fake. Yeah, I don't was this orchestrated that Draymond was going to hit him before practice started? Because I, I think watched, so. If you watch the reaction of all the other players, mm-hmm. half the, none of the dudes leave their feet to walk towards it to break yep. it up except for players way far away. Yep. <laughs> yep. They were this, – you could tell they were, a, they were tired. Of, they, had, they were fed up with Duke. And everybody was like, okay, here it comes, you know. Well, like I said, I think he's the team enforcer. I mean, the way he he snapped off at at KD, you you knew that you know four years ago. So, uh, pool should have known, you know. I've never heard of uh, the team enforcer being known for enforcing on the team. That's usually to protect I, your guys. The only but. thing I see wrong with the only thing that has happened is the video leaked out into the press. That's all. I, I guarantee you, this kind of stuff happens on every one of the teams in the league. Maybe not to to this degree, but there's somebody that has to check a young dude talking and running his mouth, not, you know, disrupting team chemistry, talking trash. I, I guarantee you this has happened before. In fact, a, a lot of vets came out and said, oh, this happens happened all the time. So what even, uh, Brandon, Brandon Jennings said he got beat up by some dude that nobody even remembers was on the Bucks, you know. Chris, so Chris, Chris Douglas Roberts. Right? Yeah. I, he I had to look Google him. Like I don't even remember that. Chris Douglas. Chris Douglas Roberts looked like uh, Devontae Swing or one of the dudes from Jersey. <laughs> That's what he looked like. Which would you rather have, Draymond for Middleton or Jordan Poole for Middleton? <laughs> Jordan Poole. But uh, I don't know. I, maybe Draymond. Well, Draymond's like all these guys too. Where I'd be, t- if, if you talk yourself into it, but I'd be t- even like now the Beal level guys were who are like clearly way better than Middleton. Like even Dame, like in the off season, you can always be like, oh, they're not going to be good next year, or maybe maybe they're going to kind of take a step back. Uh, but yeah, I the thing with Draymond to me, I have so many thoughts on this. It's a bad look for Steph. It's a bad look for Steph because at least like like if you're the team leader, you don't have to be the team alpha, but like you have to have your pit bull on a leash. He's got to have some respect to you, and they're just they just look like they're also the battered wives who are just like, all right, well this this is happening now. I get you know this is like because it, it's it's real extra. My thing with Draymond, so like the new media thing with him. I just don't think he understands for him, like making like for him having that kind of memeable thing about talk, telling Paul Pierce, they don't love you like Kobe. Like nobody loves Draymond at all. Like he thinks he's Barkley. Like again, like he doesn't even have like sexy dude privilege where it's like, if he, like he, he looks like a donkey, he cost him two titles. He cost him the title in 16 with LeBron. He cost him whatever title he cost him with Durant. And I just don't. So like back in the day, right. Back in the day, um, Charles Oakley, I mean, everybody knows Charles Oakley was always fighting everybody, right? But I've never heard Charles Oakley speak. So, like, from a distance, 
like Simmons used to write articles about like Charles Oakley's like the real life John Shaft and nobody messes with them, even bigger dudes. Like, and so, so you're watching nineties basketball and it's like Alonzo Mourning and Kenyon Martin and all these huge and Mason and all these guys with huge arms and somehow Oakley like pimp slap all of them. Right. <laughs> right. Like, and, and it's like, so there's this legend, but because he doesn't speak, it's like how people talk about how Jerry Stackhouse could, would fight anybody. And it's like, it's like this whispered thing. Right. So it's kind of like, it's interesting in this kind of way, right? But because, like, but if, but if Charles Oakley had a podcast, you'd be like, this guy's an insufferable, like, bully, right? You just For would, sure. right? So, yeah. like, so Draymond's overexposed. He's not likable. He's watched. He's washed up. It looks like he's pocket watching. Like, like he's like gonna fight somebody because he's and and it's like. <laughs> I know he's not like a character on the he, he is a he is a character in the TV show that is the NBA, but you just feel like as you get to Andor, I guess, but like he's a character that's like had no personal growth at all, you know. And it's just like, all right, well, yeah. So I, I would I would probably be, probably split down the middle on like get your hands up or not get your hands up, but I just think he, he's I've never leaning, got hit he, like that in my life. <laughs> I've never got hit like that in my life. He didn't see it coming, like, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know how you go back and work with that dude. Like for real, right? Like right. They, this, they this didn't water the bridge. Like they, if what you've explained to me, think about all the stuff that's going to league with people sleeping with people's wives, people making passes at other people's wives. Like all the stuff that's gone down, you've never heard of this. You've never seen anything like this. You've never seen it, but we read about how Matt Barnes drove what like three hours to. But they were out of the league. These are all you're, everybody you reference is like the '90s guys. Fisher was a coach. Fisher was a coach and he got his butt whooped. I, I, I don't know. I like I say it's a whole different time. I mean, guys, it's it's just too much exposure. I, I guess my, my point more is I agree with that. If I can't if I can't play basketball or be one of the guys, because let's be let's be honest, the Warriors are based on a ridiculous style of almost Harlem Globetrotters-esque. We're gonna stick it to you with ridiculous shots all game. And if you can't take the heat of like the practice talk that yeah. you need to punch somebody this early. like the season hasn't started. There's no there's no re they just won the championship. Think of how ridiculous this is. They just won the championship. They have not started the next season. And in practice, he knocked out probably their third best player, or maybe even their second best player last year. I'm telling they you, dude, the the body language on everybody. Like they I you you say this is bad, bad look on stuff. I think it's the whole yeah. coaching staff, everybody. You know, I can't blame owners, but they knew this was coming. They knew this was brewing. They know that Draymond is the 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 pit bull that they sick on and keep everybody in line. And and that that's you can just tell. Nobody even bothered to move until he yep. punched him. And nobody, everybody knew it. Like, oh boy, here it comes. Everybody just sit there and waited. Like, yep, Brent Barani him off, you know, one day. And like you say, it was it was kind of orchestrated. He probably like, yeah, if he keep talking that trash today, I'm not gonna do it out. He already had his mind made up when he walked before he came to work that day. So the theory, the theory I've heard too on one of these podcasts where they broke it all down, they were like, it doesn't make any sense that they were like, um, the camera guys and the camp video operators, that's like a that's like a job with the future. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you made 200 grand, but they were like, it's probably more like 100 grand. But whatever you gave TMZ, it's like, no, those guys become coaches. Those guys become executives like it, it, it's a hollow job. But what they said is 
not that it was manufactured with the punch, but just as a, as a theory, they were like, the team video coordinator, like the coaches are their boss, but like the players are their boss too. If they're like, hey, yo, let me see that punch again. Like they're not going to be like, no, sir. Like they're going to show them and it, and it looks like a, a recording of a recording. And so it's like, so if Steph or Clay, if some, if what's his name, who's also from Milwaukee is like, let me see that. And then he posted in a group chat, like, you know, then it's just out there and maybe just somebody, somebody associated with one of the players did it just kind of just like leaked out for the money of it. But it, they were like, it, if, if, if the players are like, Hey, let me see that run that back again, run that back again. Like the, like the, the players are basically their boss too. And that's like one, one theory on it. Mm-hmm. But, um, one more right. thing about the box. Yeah. Yeah. And we let, predict, predict the season too, by the way, my bad. Go ahead. Ooh. Okay, we got to do this. Preseason's over. I say they win 54 games. Oh, nice. Um, I don't think they're going to try crazy hard. Uh, they'll probably finish second or third again. And and uh, just like last year, I don't think they're going to press it. I mean, they're waiting for a couple people to come back, and then they got to get their chemistry. They got to find their shot. I'm really, really excited. I wanted to say this uh, about Javon Carter. I don't know why you even keep George Hill um, besides <laughs> just another guy. And, you know, and I'm not knocking dude. You know, thank you. You you know, you you really did some good stuff, but he, he doesn't look that much different than before. Uh, he still gets left F, you know, standing by looking at his guy, passing him up. He's just, he's just, you you know, it's sad, but 34 is, is old for the NBA and he just don't got it anymore. But Ron Carter. Hill around though you have I to keep George Hill around so that when the playoffs come and you've been running Javon Carter for 82 games straight, that's when you play George Hill in the most monumental games and he gives you nothing. <laughs> he that's does some of them. Yeah, does give you some Robert Ory. Yeah, I can't stand the coach so much that like literally, <laughs> I wish we got rid of Hill, and that's not even Hill's fault. It's because I can't trust the coach not to play him. Right. And expect him to come through in the biggest games of the year after not giving him any run the whole year. Like, yeah, I honestly just uh, I'm beginning to think that their way of play has become very stagnant and easy to defend. Super easy to defend. Um, there's just too much non-movement. Um, they they make it a concerted effort to find shooters, but they still just don't have any. I mean, as much as we you know, deride Middleton for his lack of athleticism. It's sad that dude is still probably one of the best get your own shot guys on the team after Giannis, you know, Drew can do it a little bit here and there, but I think he expends so much on the defensive side that he, he runs out of gas a little bit, you know, but I, it's, it's just kind of disappointing that we still don't have, another athletic guy to, to give us a little bit of something, especially rookie wise or young, young guy wise. We just, I mean, our draft picks have been, I mean, what was the last good one was, uh, what's the guy who went to Indiana and now he's with, uh, Boston, uh, Brogdon. That was the last really good draft pick. If you ask me. And that was a second rounder. I, I think so, you're right. I think, yeah, I think you're right. Um, uh, Put me down for 57 wins. Um, 
I don't think we'll try hard at all, to be honest, through the whole regular season. I don't see Middleton coming back before the All-Star break, because why would he? <laughs> like, literally, why would that nah. guy come back? He doesn't really I think he'll be back by December. Game, game 10, he'll be he, back. he was supposed to make it back a series before the playoffs ended. No, we were all hoping he would be. Playoffs. Leave my man alone. <laughs> I'm so mad at him. Um, yeah, He's the only player I, to miss multiple weeks because he had to run. Dude probably just had diarrhea for multiple weeks. I, 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 I wish he had played. Yeah. But, I mean, think about it. Think about it. If Coach had just played Javon Carter a little bit more yep. and less George Hill, I mean, will we have won? I don't think so, but I, I don't think we would have lost the way we did. We wouldn't and, have struggled so hard to get whatever we got. I think it would have been a little bit easier if he had recognized that Javon Carter's got more defensive prowess than George Hill. Well, the reason Here. the reason for that actually is because now with Javon Carter, now they don't get into their sets with 19 seconds on the shot clock. They get into their sets with 15 seconds on the shot clock because he's hounding the ball. And it's like everything Boston got – they're just waiting for them. Yes, they're going to ISO, but you got to still make it hard for them to get to their spot and do all that other kind of stuff. And if you and if you know if they, if Jalen Brown or whoever makes a shot, great. But you have to make it more difficult, and that's kind of the conceding shots to Horford that cost us a game. Like it's like, oh well, he never did that again. Yeah, he won a game. Like that's all. We Grant did. Hill or Grant Grant well, Williams? Williams. Grant Williams won game Ugh. seven. Right? That that made me that made me vomit in my mouth more than Horford. You know. It's just like, come on, man. Everybody, look, dude, everybody, this is for Buck's film room and all guests of the show, but all these people, like, everybody does this. Well, it worked all the other games. In the playoffs, you just want to win one game and not lose your team a game. The problem with Middleton is, and Drew, they're also going to lose us a game, which is why, like, I'll go to my grave saying we wouldn't have been up, up, uh, we we wouldn't have been up with, you know, with Middleton playing. It's like, oh, we're up 2 1 with, you know, without him, we're up, you know, three, two without him, but like he'd have cost us one of those games. But like if Al Horford wins the Celtics a game, he's flipped it. So it's like, this is the Al Horford game. All right. Adjust, 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 and make it be somebody else's game to beat you because we can't have the Robert Williams game. Like we can't have that be the thing. That's how like, like my whole life, that's how the NBA has worked. And it's like, you let a guy just get going and get going. And it was like Al Horford, like, I know they didn't win the title, but, like, legendary performance. Like, he's just not as athletically gifted as Giannis, and he basically plays them 80% every time they play in the playoffs. Like, it's insane. Like, Giannis got so many more touches, and it was just like we were going to give him the ball seven out of eight times, some of these possessions, but it was like... So, yes, Budenholzer's is an idiot. I, like, I have not forgiven him, and I have not forgiven Middleton, like, like yet. Like, because... We're going to go into this next year, and it's be like, oh, yeah, we should have beat the Sixers, but, you know, there was game two and there's game four, and a lot of that like I put on dumb Twitter fans, some of the times there's like everything that goes wrong was the wrong thing. But like, so, so second, I'm going to say second round loss and I'm going to say 49 wins. Yeah. I think the wins are going to be in the low fifties. Um, Cause they're trying a little bit, something different with their defense, trying to stick a little bit closer to the three point line instead of bailing on that shot. I mean, it's, it's a shame you had to let, let a, <laughs> Uh, a, a Eastern Conference Championship fade away because you fail to see that then. But, you know, I think it's going to take him a little time to get used to that. And then, like I say, when Middleton comes and then we got Inglis coming back, so it's going to take some adjustment period. So I, I don't okay. think they're going to get too high and 
high in the fifties. Dude, the whole point, and I understand this from the player's perspective, and I certainly get it from the agent's perspective. The whole point of giving all these dudes dozens and dozens and dozens of millions of dollars. If you care about winning, you have to at some point, if you're Chris Middleton, be like, I'm going to take $22 million so we can do some other stuff. If not, and Drew's, Drew takes a little bit less and they work it out. But there has to be a culture of like working it out. I mean, even going back to like the big three heat, like that is what they sort of tried to do. Right. It's like because then like it didn't work and then they got Ray Allen and then they got Battier and they did all this other stuff. Right. And and it's like that's what you have to do. If if not, we're still just looking at like. Between Middleton and Brooke Lopez, one of them is going to fall apart, right? Like maybe Brooke is going to have a reju- – maybe this will be like the last good Chris here. But like that's also been on a downward slope too. And Giannis – like how many more years do we have a super Giannis? Like three would be great, right? <laughs> I know he didn't play much, but he looked. I, I think he looked a little gassed in that last game. I mean, I, I think they really try hard. He just – he was getting hacked pretty good, but – yeah, I could see him having one, two good more years. I mean, if he gets hurt again, I know I shouldn't have said that out loud, but I think that's going to shorten that up even even more, you know? That's why 21 was so special, though. That's just Yep, truly. So you want to complain about Andor, man. You have the flu. We're going to clear Do out. I want to complain? I don't well, want to complain spoilers, about spoilers, it. Spoilers, spoilers. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. Plenty spoilers. I'm not complaining about Andor. You guys, I think that's that's probably part of my problem is I see you guys like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Is this is, you know, a billion out of 10. And then I go into it and I'm like, it was OK. You know, so that that's why I was asking uh, in the chat group, like, what specifically were you guys like blown away with? Like, what made this so great? What are you comparing it to? You know what? You know, because I've seen better TV shows, you know, it, it's good. So instead of, instead of doing I this, I think at, your bar is so low. Instead of doing this at the end, let's do this now. Do it rank, now. No, let's rank rank the Star Wars TV shows. I haven't watched any of the animated series. No, no, no. Just just uh, Mandalorian one, Mandalorian one and two, Boba Fett, Obi Wan, and okay. and Andor. Okay. In order of quality, it's just just what you, what you okay. like the best. Okay, yeah, Mandalorian. Mandalorian. One and two, it's top of the list by far. Not even really yep. that close to me. I agree. Second, second to that though is Andor, and then Boba Fett, and then Obi Wan is dead, dead last. And Boba yeah. Fett snakes. <laughs> so that tells you the, the fact exactly. that they come in last place. Exactly. <laughs> like, can I just throw those in the garbage? Yeah. Um, Mandalorian one and two. I, I like the first season the best. Um, and. Andor is better. Andor is different. You know, I, that that was why I really liked that the first three episodes. It, it was such a departure. It was like, oh, okay, this is there's no Jedi's. There's none of this. It's it's really the the politics, the 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 federal government versus you know local cops. You know, um, the politicians. You know, you see the all of that side of it, and you know, I really enjoyed that part. I enjoyed seeing um, uh, Diego. What's his name in the show? And I know it's not Cassian. Luna. Luna. Uh, I love seeing his his uh, character development. Um, 
What's, so what's, so that's, uh, that's your order. That's your order. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same as Jay's. Yeah. Okay. I'll say uh, it's, it's, it's Andor Mandalorian one Mandalorian two book of Boba Fett and then like a chasm and Obi-Wan. Okay. Okay. So Kendrick, just so you know, I, I, I'm enjoying Andor. I'm, I'm not, but I'm not the one who's been first one to watch it in billion stars. If you go back and look at it, I'm mainly like, Hey, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so really why, how on earth could you explain as Andor as you enjoying it more than Mando though? Cause like literally Mandalorian is easily better than Andor to me, in my opinion. Are you, asking, no, are you yeah, asking, I'm asking Kendrick, Kendrick or me? I'm no, me, you, me and you, me and Jay are the same. You yeah. put, you put Andor first. So he's asking you. Well, I mean, look, it, as much as, um, the Baby Yoda stuff is cool. Like, I, I really like The Mandalorian. We, we, we've said this at the time. But it's like, this is like excellent, excellent writing. Excellent tension. Like, I love Carl Weathers, but it's not like, hey, Mando, 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 Mando. How you doing? Hey, buddy. Like, this is... <laughs> so so actually I, I was listening to something today and they were like this is pretty good but is it really star wars if it's not aliens and i think that's kind of part what uh chad was also saying too is like if if so many of the core elements aren't there is is it kind of a cheat to call this a star wars show um i i, I just go ahead, go ahead. Uh, so so yes and to me that's why it's not close but why mando one and two is better and I think you're discounting it and you're just calling out the episodes that like that come to the top of your mind. That episode with Bill Burr on Mando is one of the greatest pieces of Star Wars yep. I've ever seen where they're sitting around the table. Yep. It's like a Tarantino riff on like just a mm -hmm. giant discussion scene to build tension. So Mando has what Andor had in that episode for sure. Now, do I need the spectacle um, of Star Wars? I, I don't think the spectacle is what's doing it like for most of these. If it doesn't have a plot around it and actual characters acting in logical reasoning ways, then they all can get thrown out. Uh, Andor's doing a very good job with that thus far. Um, but these flashbacks to his like Disney village. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Those aren't doing anything to me. So Andor is not batting a hundred. What, what they are doing good is uh, really building the tension. And I think that's really what you guys were chiming in on. You aren't sure necessarily who's going to die. I personally thought they were going to kill both the black dudes, but <laughs> I didn't know until I finished that episode I was right. Uh, anyway, and that both the girls would probably survive. But uh, hey, hey, and, and we're and we're back. <laughs> and look, so 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 and we're back. No, 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 we're back to book. Of, we're back to book of Boba Fett. But like, right, like there's there are no fades in this universe. We're back to real authentic Star Wars with like mushy afros. <laughs> on the black guys and none of this none of this like razor fade like yeah. with the, with the airbrush lineup and everything like that we're back to like authentic um hey, give like, top top three hypothetical reasons why they just gave him ak-47s on set 
<laughs> that, that bugs the mess out of me. It's the equivalent of having somebody having a Starbucks cup in their hand. Like, literally. Like, this out of cannon. This they is had that, too. They, it seemed like they were drinking coffee out of, like, out of, out oh of Kendrick's goodness. Yeti, right? Like, they were having coffee. <laughs> I just assumed they were on set, and they had real security guards with guns, but didn't bring up enough blasters for the actual shoot. I was like, why on earth did they do that? But outside of that, like, uh, the episode last night, especially uh, when they're taking off, and they've got whatever they call it, the eye opening up. Now, that's how you do Star Wars. So, like, literally, that part was the Star Warsiest part of the whole episode because it was fantasy all of a sudden mixed in, something you had never seen before as far as environment and building lore mixed with the conflict they were going through. And, and you know what? Actually, out of all the movies, and we've seen this constantly, that the advertising machine gets out in front of these shows and they declare what it's going to be like. Oh, this is going to be a heist-type movie. Every time they've said that, mm-hmm. it's never been a heist-type movie. Ant-Man, they said that. They said that about Rogue One. Neither one of those were heist-type movies. This was a heist. This was legit. We've got these stages. I hope they play out according to plan. But if not, you know, here are our contingencies. I don't know. I, I thought Rogue One was a, a ginormous heist movie. What was the plan? <laughs> to, steal the per- to steal the plans. But they just went down to the planet and just blew up some stuff. I guess, so what was Well, the they go movie? and they rob a bank and they got to get away. You ever see The Heat? You know, one of the greatest breakout films, you know, uh, the action. I mean, that's kind of what that reminded me of. All the shooting, all the action, all the cutbacks to all the different players. And it was a ginormous heist movie. I mean, you get the the bad cop chasing them at the end of the way and they just get away. I mean, okay. as long as we're bringing that up, though. And I was like wondering why that tickled my brain just now, because him shooting the second guy is absolutely the beginning of heat where he's like, well, you might as well kill all the security guards. What's the point now? He's like, I already killed this one guy. I guess I'm going to kill this first guy and just break out. Right. Um, sorry to cut you off, but that's why no. I was like, why did that tickle my brain? It was like, oh, because I thought that was a reference, sort of. Yeah, I, I that's what I, I like like to say. I, I like that about um, Cassian's role. I mean, you just see him uh, from a kid, you know, and being taken away from the planet, you know, trying to find his sister, um, you know, kind of blowing his cover, and um, it's that just to see that character development, it, it shows you that you can care about those, those characters versus some of the other um, Disney TV shows they put out. You're just like, ah, eh, whatever, you know, you care about the main dudes, but you don't really care about none of the side characters. Um, Dude. But that, that group of people, that one little poet dreamer, you know, about freedom and justice and all that stuff. I, I liked his role, you know, they got some really, really good actors from this movie, though. They got a couple of the characters from, uh, I don't know if you guys ever seen that HBO series, Chernobyl. Um, oh, who's, so that, who's that from that? Skarsgård, the, the, oh, the, the, right, right. the, the seller. He's, he, he was the main character in that movie, or one of the main characters trying to help develop and trying to find a cure to this or a solution to this Chernobyl thing. Then the guy that he was talking to on the the charter the charter bus whatever they were, were on flying on that he was talking to sitting across from him he was in chernobyl oh like i like is that, I, I was sure that guy was a spy or something i thought so too i thought so too and then the the bad short little cop you know where everything went all haywire on them uh the short little fat dude he was in uh was he chernobyl. the was he the he, naked miner he was the naked miner yeah wow Yo. yeah 
Yeah, because the other one was like is like Jared Harris. Jared Harris is like the other guy in that. Yeah. From uh, like he was like Moriarty in the second Sherlock. Um, uh, so it, it's they got some great actors, and this the female politician is um, outstanding. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to like. I don't know. I don't know her for anything. I mean, she's so been. Really. She, I, yeah, I don't know her from anything, but that's who her character is. She was supposed to be Mon Mothma in episode three, and it got cut, right? Or she was at least cast, whether yeah. they filmed that. Like, it's the yeah, same person. The, from, I think it's the same woman from the deleted scene where they're walking down the yeah. hallway. Um, the only Endor episode that I really didn't like was when they tried to show her family, you know, or not getting along with her husband. I thought that was great, though. Like, it's all great. Being, I, you know, I was just like, what? what is, it, it felt like a, a fluff episode, like, you know. It, it, it felt like a cream puff, you know, it was like, you, you like the, the pastry part of it, but it's just too much. It was just, I, I it just didn't seem to flow with the rest of the show for me. Well, well we're supposed to see her as a real person. She's got a, a tumultuous teenager at home and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't care. You know? So that part bothered me. I, I actually enjoyed that part. And, it's not, <laughs> it, and the reason I enjoyed that part is because a lot of, especially in star Wars, her whiny okay. husband, a lot of times, like, so it's usually good and evil, right? So all the rebels are, you know, the ones fighting the giant evil, which we saw through four, five, and six. And then one through three, it was just like the good people did good and the bad people did bad. But without that, it just seems like she's doing the right thing. This one seems like you're right. Her daughter kind of plays mention to the fact that she's acting even around her daughter because she's always kind of even undercover around her family, which I appreciate. Yeah, she's phony, and, and she's phony for a good reason, but whether her daughter knows that or cares, it gave her a little more context. I don't care about the daughter as a character, but it gave her more character context that all the stuff she's going through is all a lie, right? Her whole life is a lie to kind of hold this stuff in. Um, so I enjoyed the context of it. Now, watching any of this stuff at midnight, man, you you easily fall asleep on all of it. Not that it's not well-written and I miss yeah, excellently I acted, but like at, depending on what time of day you watch this stuff, uh, it, it can be a little a little dry. Yeah, I like I, I feel like I should have had I, I was better with the captions. I, I've officially kind of reached like might as well have the captions on if I can't play it really loud. But even like his explaining, uh, and I didn't get a good grasp of it. But like the gist of it, he's like basically we gave him too many options. And like we we gave them so much entertainment and other stuff. It used to be like thousands of them making this trek, and now it's just however many make the trek. And basically, it's like he, he's basically like we gave them, you know, drugstore, drugstore, liquor store, liquor store. Like we, you know, it basically he's like the, the the context of that is like he's right. like like we gave them entertainment, we gave them all this other stuff. But just I just think the writing, it, it I'm I'm just blown away by it. it's not like, it's not really the violence, but just like the stuff they're doing right down until like I didn't understand. Why she's like, you can dress yourself. Like, and then it comes around that, like, she's got a thing with the other woman. Right. And that's why, like, in other episodes, she's like, you can dress yourself. Because he's like, oh, you're such a healer. Like, like any version of this voice is just going to be the Banderas voice. Right. But it's just like, <laughs> by the way, Diego Luna, not a handsome guy. Like, can we say this for, 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 for movies? I don't know. Uh, Okay, Kendrick doesn't want to comment. He's just, but again, that goes to the whole thing. It's just the dude. These are all just kind of people, right? Like, <laughs> and so, like the idea. I think the idea too. Like, so when we get to row one, it's like, it's like, I've been doing this. You don't get to just start caring. Like this rebellion didn't start when you started caring, right? 
But so far on this show, it's like he's good at this. He's sort of a screw up in his regular life or he's always leveraging kind of stuff or he's stealing. But like he's telling them like he's savvy. He's telling them how to march and all this kind of stuff. And he's giving them pointers. But like he's like and the other guy, the other white guy who ends up like, I don't know if his plan was to betray him or if it's just like an opportunity. But the other guy is just like, hey, man, I'm I'm a piece of garbage. That's what it is. Like, we got to make this move. Like, you're just like me. Right. Or that was my read on it. Well, you mean like based on the circumstance he was trying to betray him or all the time, the whole time? I don't think it was. I think it's more interesting if it's not all the time, but I don't know what y'all think thought about that. I I felt like they were, I felt they left it. I was really torn, torn on what did, did Diego or Cassian jump the gun? Like, was this guy like trying to really feel him out to see if, you know, ultimately, okay, now we're down to it. Let's see if he really, really is with us. I'm going to try to pitch this. We'll just split it. We'll get rid of them all. And then do shoots them. <laughs> like, so was the guy bad, you know, or was he? He was definitely, he was definitely bad. And here's how you know. He didn't care about that kid. He was trying to stop get off. the money from getting to the, the spot, spot was supposed to because ah. that was his last chance to rob him. Otherwise, yeah, it would have been up in the air. Okay, I got really you. Trying, yeah. Uh, which means he was probably that's why he was more trying to feel him out and pull that knife to his throat. It wasn't about yeah. him ruining the mission. It was about seeing whether if it came down to it, could he talk this guy into just breaking out and stealing? He's him. like the story about my brother is a lie. He's like, what story? Or I don't know if he says it's yeah, a lie, right. but basically it's implied. Yeah. He's like, yeah, it's just some like, you know, I just thought I'm on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Diego Luna's um, the Cassian Andor quick draw character is what Boba Fett should have been in Book of Boba Fett. Just, just like, like I don't know why we got like family friendly Boba Fett, like local mayor, you know, Mayor right. McCheese, Mayor McCheese, or most whatever. <laughs> and, and, and we got this other dude like just quick draw, like 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 it's the last scene of Solo, like and actually almost okay. It'd be crazy to say this is the best scene in Rogue One, but like of a piece with this show, like the most. Oh, wow. Scene is like right at the end where that guy's like, they're all in like hold up in that ship. And that guy's like, I'm going to go for it. And it's like, bam. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to make it go for it. It's like, no, you're not. Bam. And, it's like, and, it's just, and this is just three days from retirement. I'm going to run for right. it. It's like, it's like we were playing paintball, you know? And, it, and it's just, but it's, but it's like, that's just what it is. Like, it's just like people get shot. And, and but like right down like writing wise right right down to like the fat guy getting a heart attack and they're like they start, they start to the show with like his belt his belt not fitting or whatever and then he just mm-hmm. like just up and collapses it, I don't mm-hmm. know man I I just I love the details but but this isn't like this isn't I mean to me you guys can totally disagree this isn't like I'm so happy to be watching this that I feel like I'm overrating it like like a Dark Knight Rises kind of thing. I just think this is clearly in the writing and, and the things that they're saying. And then, like you said, it's like he, it's like these show. I mean, it's like these movies where they're juggling 12 characters and that's not the Mandalorian um, in any real way. The Mandalorian, like the dark saber comes out and then it's like, we got this subplot about this. And I feel like his stuff back home with the other Mandalorians is interesting. And some stuff is a little bit less or more, but that's like a solo story. This is like, this is about corruption Cause even like even like the entrenched Imperial commander, Captain Turncoat guy is basically like she's like basically um, everybody has their own rebellion. It's like well he didn't get a promotion and either they killed his girl or his girl 
like he couldn't be with her no more. They kind of implied it that she's dead, mm-hmm. but like it's not. It's like it's unclear. But he's just salty. Like it's not like he's like. You know, this new Federalist Papers that, that Mouse from Matrix is writing is, is like, going to really be so, like, or, or, you know, Communist Manifesto, if you like. But, like, <laughs> is, he's, from, right, right. But Mouse from not, Matrix, I just heard that. Oh, sorry, but, I mean, he's, he's not that actor. He was also the guy from Fast and Furious. No, he's not that actor. shot in the drive-by. <laughs> right, but <laughs> it's... it's keep getting the same actor who's a different guy. It's just that, that bright-eyed kind of white guy, like, yeah. like little white guy actor. Yep. But 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 even that dude was like sleeping on the job when we first run into him. But it's not like it's not like everybody believes. That's kind of like the thing. This is like it's not like everybody believes in this thing. Everybody's sort of self interested, and the empire sucks. But it's like varying degrees. Like and so everybody like like everybody's kind of doing this for their own reasons, right? Right up right up until like uh, Mon Mothma basically Mon Mothma and. Um, you know, Dr. Selvig basically being a rich art dealer, right? It's just <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, um, I I enjoy it. I just it just feels like um one of the reasons why I liked uh, Mandalorian so much was that it was it was short little episodes that mm-hmm. had some action and it jumped it left it did some action and it left you for, you know, the next episode. Whereas this one feels like a movie that they yeah. cut up into, uh, I, I think Crib said it's going to be fourteen parts. So one of the parts might just be where absolutely nothing happens, and so that that's that's what kind of like you gotta, you gotta put something in there, um, to keep me like excited for the next episode. I don't want to just have see that this woman or this politician has a family that she's also living a a double life with like Mm -hmm. and her husband really isn't supportive and her daughters you know that was okay but give me something else besides that besides everybody trying to get along in the camp you know that that was my only really bad episode but i like the show i like it that it's different it's you know even like the uh the tribal people you know all everybody coming there feeling this is something got like and so you know that that was really cool to see you know it just it makes it more real more realistic i i think i'm actually downgrading the show in my mind because it's very frustrating to me to see that they do know how to write they do know what good acting is they do know what character development is but they decided to use it on the most basic could have been anywhere kind of story thus far and as i, I as we're talking i'm sitting here thinking doesn't it sure seem like they are intentionally no, let me phrase this a different way if you had to try to prove to me that there wasn't some under the hand table thing with george lucas when he signed over the company that he gets royalties on characters he created what character would you prove to me that well this character was good in the original trilogy and the prequels and he's still great now in these new things because every time i look up and i see a star wars property i like it has nothing with any of the old ones in it. Yeah. It's but, like they're doing it on purpose. But they don't But they don't know how to write. Gilroy, I don't think they Gilroy, are. Gilroy knows how to write. Favreau and Filoni know how to write. I mean, it's, it's like different. It's like different groups with this, right? But it, it, it is. But like, so who is evaluating their work? before a rubber stamp is put on it. Because it's quite clear to me that the quality between different people 
it like okay, it would be one thing if they start off bad and they slowly got better. It's just it seems to me they're not learning any lessons. If you look at Mando came out first, right? And Mando was really good as far as the TV, right? Yeah. Then we jump to uh, what's next? Boba Fett is after Mando, right? I think Terrible. we got Mando. We got Mando too. We talked about Boba Fett after season two. We got Mando one and two, right? And then yeah. we yeah. got Boba Fett. Boba Fett, and then we got Obi Wan. Like those are the two at the bottom of our list came after Mandalorian, and now we've got Andor. Is it just they have to put out product? And they're just like, these two will be terrible, but we'll keep them along with these two good ones spread in between them. Because I can't logically explain, like, explain to me this. Why on earth, if you know what good writing is and you know how to make something that's good? Like, for instance, I don't think Andor is costing them arm and a leg, right? So it can't be money. Obi-Wan's probably had more special effects done that last sequence than we saw in all these first four episodes. These are mainly set pieces. I guess they have a lot of extras, right? If you think about both the back there with Bix, yeah, um, and 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 that, I mean, I guess they and all the villagers. I guess they've had a lot of different actors, but but yeah. What Nandor? I mean, Andor. I mean, there are scenes with where it seems like they have a lot of. There was a lot of. A lot of people. A lot of. A lot of security guards and 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 people in the like. In the episode three where they're going through the town and they're shooting their way out. Um, I get what you're getting at, Jay, but I think that they're trying to time all of these shows to come out so that there's no lag. So it isn't like they can, you know, take Gilroy, who's working on Ando and put, you know, they got stuff in the hopper and they want something to come out right after this one. So those people are working on that currently. That's what I think it is. They're just hiring a, a big name or a person they like that did such and such okay you take charge of this and then it winds up sucking or not being that great like i hope mando i mean i hope they don't do another boba fett that was i i just really didn't enjoy that and obi-wan god i had such high hopes he's such a good character they could have wrote for and that was just so bad so bad so so here's what no i no spoilers to the point where I just watched the trailer a week ago for Andor. But here's what we know. We know from the trailer that Forrest Whitaker's yep. character is coming later. And he's canonically idiot. You know, I don't want to say idiot. I mean, he's canonically. I don't know if you'd call <laughs> like I don't I don't know if you'd call him Osama bin Laden, but I mean he's he's on the other side of that. And they even quoted out here, he's like, he's like uh Forrest Whitaker would have had your head on a pike by now, whatever his character's name is, right? Like yeah. when when Mouse when Mouse falls asleep, and then when we get introduced to him, he's like Forrest Whitaker would have. <laughs> if, if you were, he was like, if you were rocking with Saw Gerrera, Saw Gerrera would have killed you for this, like for falling asleep on your post, right? So right. we already have established that, of course, you're going to see some of the good in it, but both in Rogue One and this, like maybe we get some Borgullet, like I, I I don't know, but so we know that. We know we're going to get more continued female CIA character, which, again, I like. Again, even just like I like all the scenes with her, like going back and forth, sniping with this other guy over whose territory. I liked all that stuff for the episode. You know, maybe that was four and five. Um, so we know we, this, we we would assume because the kind of Jewish Italian mom scene with the other. We know that dude like we know whoever uncle, whoever, whether, whether that uncle's a mobster or whatever. Like we know that that character is going to keep going because yeah. they, they kept that plot thread going. Yeah, well, like, like literally. Okay, sorry. Since you brought up that scene, 
what on earth are we doing here? Because I know where this goes in almost every other movie in context. This person ends up being a serial killer and eating people. Like literally, <laughs> that is how you frame that scene. That's right before he kills his mom, right? Like in every other movie, that's exactly what the, the psycho does. They have that scene with the mom who's not like talking at him and he's just stirring his milk, blue milk. I'm gonna make I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a, a ridiculous assertion that is probably this person is dead or whatever. But the second time it was playing in the background when I was working on that other video and when you listen to the mom's voice i'm like that's ursula the sea witch like mm. i'm like that's that I, was like, I bet you that's the actress like they see the exact same voice but i and, i in your defense jay if if they totally made like he's like totally imagining these conversations like she's not even real <laughs> like a real life cycle like that would trip everybody out you know yeah, I mean, like even the context of what we have of him and his character so far, like everything about it points to like he would be bully if he wasn't in this position. They have him give that whack speech early on. Right, right. He's custom tailored his personal clothes. That's a uniform. <laughs> right. Like make modifications. <laughs> right. Oh, just a little piping and some some right. tailoring. But like everybody, everybody else, everybody else's suit is like a frock, and he looks like M Bison, like with right. like the leg flares. <laughs> right. Right. Oh man. So yeah, like I, I don't, I don't know. I'm happy. I, I, I don't even know if I watched the trailer since like six or seven months ago. I, I'm pre I forgot Saul Guerrero was going to even be in it. I don't think Saul Guerrero, based on the context of Rogue One, should ever meet Andor before the movie, right? Um, I guess oh. he sees. I guess he sees him right in that scene where he's like, "You got to go," and he's like, "Oh, run no more, Jen." Like, so I guess he does run into that room where she doesn't bring the the clip. Mm -hmm. uh, of you know but what i'm saying is the whole premise of rogue one was they need to get close to saul guerrera and have like some kind of peace offering to get in there and he made it seem like he didn't really know to do in the movie at least kind of like, true personally, yeah. personally but but but, but group wise they're like we used to rock with him and we can't rock with him anymore so so their cia you know high command room is like we need to get close to him like we used to rock, like like um, yeah. Moth Mothma's in that scene too, right? With Jimmy Smiths. So it's like we've been we've been doing this kind of stuff. Um, but so we know that's coming. We know this the 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 CIA basically chick is gonna be kind of intertwined with this plot. And but yeah, man. Where's I mean, good. Where, where's this show going? So we're, we're six episodes into you know we've heard. 12 or 14 or whatever it ends up being. So we're, we're pretty much around halfway through. I have no idea what the grand like climax of this is supposed to be towards the end at this point, like yeah. literally they'll, they'll just, are they just not get hunted the whole time? I understand you just stole all this money for the rebellion, but I don't know outside of them just getting hunted for having it. What would even be a satisfying ending to any of this? You know what I mean? Like, what is what would I can't see anything coming out of this that just doesn't say go straight into season two. But I I don't even know what I would be excited to see a season two about. You can't do the normal Star Wars. Here's a new character. Here's a character you've heard about before. I don't think and wrap it up in the last episode or two with that. Right. That that's not going to do any justice to the season. Just showing somebody. I don't think you're gonna. I I think if you're smart, you do not bring Vader into this at all. Right. Oh gosh. Just a talking scene. Or he chokes out somebody for screwing this up. That's the that's the most you can have Vader in this without kind of screwing stuff up. Um, 
you could have a Palpatine scene. You could have yeah. a Palpatine scene, but like literally, he does. He can't be part of the plot. Plot. He can come in and wreck shop on all these dudes that he put in charge. But outside of that, I don't know where we're going. They've got a ton of money. They're gonna go meet up with some people. Like, so. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So she's gonna split off with the money. He just took his cut, right? Isn't that how it left? Yeah. At the end of that last episode? I think I might know. You think his sister might work for one of these empires? Like she might, we've already seen her as a character working for the empire. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I I didn't say this at the beginning. I, I haven't heard this anywhere. I, I think, I think his sister is working with um, Dr. Selvig. Oh, you think that's what it is? Like, yeah, his sister's got to get back in. I, I mean, like, why wouldn't it, why wouldn't it be a character we've already seen at this point? And it's like, so, so she's a little darker. Mm-hmm. Right, she could be a, mm-hmm. she could be a sister. She's just and, and again, then it's kind of also like that's kind of a Luke and Leia thing, right? Like right. Se- separated, and he he she got a nice life. Maybe she went to the Republic and had a nice life, and he lived a grimy life. Uh, I don't know, but like to me, okay, at this point, and yes, they they raped it all with Obi Wan, but like Vader isn't interesting, but Palpatine is still interesting because the whole idea with this, and if you read a bunch of the books and everything, like the lightsaber stuff, all that stuff is kind of rare. Like you've seen a million cops. Well, Kendrick, you've probably seen both, but like you've seen a million cops, but like you haven't seen like an FBI, you haven't seen a Secret Service agent in the same kind of way. Like it's a rarer thing, right? Like you know yeah. these, you don't haven't seen a Navy SEAL who wasn't like just out in the world. Like you haven't seen a Green Beret or whatever it would be like. But but above that, like. It, like there's day to day stuff and it's just street stuff, but like this whole world, I, like what I like about this show so much is the writing. There's the acting. There's all these little things. There's all these kind of uh, things that pay off. I like how everyone's conflicted, and, and there's even like even the mouse. I guess the mouse character is like the one shining light, but even he's like like stereotypically like the true believer kind of character. Yeah, but everybody else is like salty, or they got their own. Re- it's like a, closer to a dirty dozen than like, hey, th- we're the righteous, we're the righteous republic. You um, have a lot of revenge people, and then you have the the dreamers. Yeah, exactly. Which which, which totally you know tracks right. Yeah, but you think? But once again, I've been trying to stay spoiler free on most of these shows and give them the benefit of the doubt that their plots were good and then something didn't get spoiled. So I don't know whether this is true or anything, but like if we look into rogue one, did Andor when, I guess he could have met, was it almost it <laughs> the two Asian characters. I don't remember their characters names. I'm not going to try to pronounce them wrong. Sure. It and sure. It sure. It and, and whatever the one uh, and is Iron Man a, and Iron Man gun. Whatever Maybe they do one more. Like I guess you yeah. could also do like bring K2, them in. I don't K2 know. K2SO, they, maybe. K2SO is the one big piece that you could get in here really easily. How did they get K2SO? Uh, hey, uh, they but, I, I did read but, somewhere where they were like both K2SO and Mouse from Matrix last words were climb. Huh. Yep. Oh, that's cool. Yep. That was interesting too. That's a nice touch. But yeah, I just I, I just like that this the, the world like the world is scary enough. Like getting caught is scary enough. It like so it's like it, it's more like the, like the bureaucracy bureaucracy is the villain. Like all these kind of things are the villain. So what Palpatine does to keep this together? Because like nobody knows Palpatine has powers really, right? Mm. So he's still like if Palpatine does a cameo as 
which is why like that still that character is interesting in the prequels to the extent that they cash it out he's still like super politician right like i mean that's kind of also the other thing he's like clinton and putin right but he's just like this super manipulative like whatever version i shouldn't even name names right but like he, he but he's running this thing for a long time they don't dissolve the senate until episode four Right. So they keep it together for a long time. And that's why all these other scenes of like all these other people are like captains or commanders or social climbers, like the CIA chick wants to get ahead of the other guy. He's like, again, maybe I'm just a sucker for that. And maybe I'm just old to the point where like talking to a supervisor and she's like complaining about the (laughs) black dude. And he's like, well, his reports are on time. Your reports aren't in time. You know, and like all that, all that stuff is just it just rings true to me at this point in my life in star wars and it's all this talk there's all this talk for years and i never met anybody who really thinks this but it's just like lebron's better than jordan if you say stuff long enough it's out there but people are like oh i'm so sick of the star War- uh, the skywalkers uh, the skywalkers is this and that and then they just recycle other characters which is like the exact same things the exact same arcs which are actually kind of sick of as dope as they are because they overused it and flooded the market with it is lightsabers and character with double bladed, different colors, spinning lightsabers, all that kind of stuff. They just they did too much with that. Yeah, and I need I some agree. I need some distance from that so I can feel the real stakes of like what's taking place. Where they're like they're marching up a hill, and it has stakes and tension because they're just fronting. You know what I mean? And it's not just like, uh, you know. But, but once again, back to the good writing versus bad writing. Yeah. You should be doing that with Jedi's too. Yeah. The Jedi's should be undercover as one of those members and they shouldn't go in guns blazing. Cause like literally, like you said, they've overdone it. And I don't know whether you can walk it back at this point whenever they just get out of every situation, but you put them in enough situation. Like you remember that clone Wars uh, show before, like I think episode three came out where they had the grievous where yep. grievous somehow killed like six Jedi. And he was basically like a terror figure to those other weaker Jedi. And I think you can still use them. Right. It's just that they don't, right. and that's that's the frustrating part, and that's why, like for me, Andor is just more frustrating for me than anything else. It can be done; they keep dropping the ball on it. So, do I like Andor? Yes, it's a very good show. It's a very good TV show with logical plot and good story-based arcs where characters act in ways that are interesting to watch. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do my crib impression because crib isn't here. You know, you know, it'd be great. Uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn, that guy, <laughs> Grand Admiral <laughs> Thrawn. Yeah, had that guy in here, Grand Admiral Thrawn. He's so great, yo. He's so great in the novels, yo. Sorry, go ahead, Ken. What if uh, <laughs> what what if Grand Admiral Thrawn is this dude we were talking about being the psycho killer? He like half drowns himself in a bubble of blue milk and comes out looking just like <laughs> dude. I would like to see a little bit more uh, intrigue and suspense with the uh, with the political aspect of it. You know, they they show. They showed them preparing and getting ready and marching and talking about all this stuff for this grand heist. I think they, honestly, I think I think you know you you think about the grand heist movies that you've seen. You know, one particular I'm thinking of uh, what's the one with the uh, the minis at the end. Italian, uh, Italian job. The Italian job. You, I don't think they showed them practice enough. For them to have spent that much time on it, you know, oh, no, you should hold your gun on the left because you're a left hand. Mm-hmm. What, what am I? What am I? OK, that was a little bit aspect of it. But if you're going to spend that much time on it, I would have liked to have seen them develop and show more scenarios or practice. If they're not going to do that, show me a little bit of I mean, since you show me the annoying kid, a teenager and the sucky husband, 
show me a little bit about what she is risking. You know, they did give you a little bit with with the uh, with Scarsgar's part. What is he? Just a, a a commodities dealer? You know, I don't I don't know exactly as a, what as a front, yeah. Like yeah, as a front. So yeah. you showed him, you know, vested, scared for his for for this scene, but and then they show that one little scene with her, like saying, "I'm risking a lot too," but like, show me a little bit more of what her her role in that. So I hope that that part is developed a little bit more as we go along. I don't I don't really even if they just lead up to the beginning of Rogue One where, you know, he's he he's on another mission and, you know, he shoots the guy in the end because he's gonna he's losing his edge. And, you know, if even if it just goes up to that, if they just develop and give me good shows, one look, good action scene and then, you know, lead it off to the next one out, it, it's still a good show to me. I really wish, and I don't know if this is where they're going on any of these seasons, but there is an opportunity here to do something that would be really cool to see. Uh, obviously, like Palpatine claimed he was like the new empire, basically took over, said, I'm the new emperor, but I would turn down this power. It would be cool to see like normal people who don't know, don't try to fight with the rebellion, just run in political office against him a little bit. Actually have the mm-hmm. political intrigue of someone not knowing that Palpatine is Palpatine and that's not going to work. Right. Because uh, that's what would really happen in a power vacuum, what they perceive as a power vacuum. Like one guy is kind of it. I mean, it happens all the time. Yep, yep. Cool. I, I will. I, it's a minute twenty-eight in, so no one who's be offended by this is going to be listening at this point. But I'm gonna say it anyway. I don't care. So, when's the last time you saw a female character both get taught something by a man and get shell shock at the top of a wall and be scared for a moment before she overcomes her fears and jumps over the wall anyway? Which is all, like. You know, and I think that that's real because they they show many men the same way. They show many men be fearful, scared of a decision to to risk their crew, their people, this whole mission. So I appreciated that part. I I thought that was great. Yeah, thought that was great. And then and this you just you just understood all of it. Um. So final thoughts or anything else or I think we probably covered a lot, man. But. Yeah, yeah, looking forward um, to the next couple episodes. Yep, yep. It's uh, how do you guys like the once a week versus uh, bam, fourteen episodes dumped? You know, like some shows, or you know how Disney does it. I prefer to binge watch personally. Um, probably not good for me though, because at a certain point you are losing a little bit of the nuance. Yeah. It's fun to talk about them like back to back. Like for instance, uh, as we started this discussion, I had to go through my mind. I completely forgot they released one through three at the same time. So when you guys started mentioning like episode five, I'm like, wait, which one did I just watch? I forgot we just saw six. So um, yeah, I, I think it gives a, a little bit more time to breathe and for you to think about the characters if you don't binge watch it. Um, but you know, Disney's got to keep, keep people on their platform. I understand why they're doing it. Yeah, for sure. I uh, I like the once a week. I like you said, it gives you a little bit more time to digest it, and you can go back and check it out again. You know, like I watched episodes one through three this afternoon after a nice nap. I worked the forty eight, and um, I seen some stuff that I didn't see the first time, so I don't mind it. Even though I I want to see another one right now, you know, but right, it is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm looking forward to it. All right, man. Thanks. This is great. Let me stop it here because I'm about to edit this for two hours. Hold on. Let me know.